0: On the Rec Yard, Women's Prison Podcast, where we are live on the Rec Yard every Wednesday night. Hey, hey, everybody. It is Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are live-ish on the Rec Yard <laughs> Women's Prison Podcast. I'm Marcy Marie. I'm Toonchie. Toonch, we're doing we're doing a little pre-recording today.
1: We are. It is Wednesday,
0: but it's Wednesday afternoon.
1: Well, we, you know, sometimes I think that we should do afternoon rec sometimes. But, you know, you guys, I have an event that I have to attend uh, this evening, and I didn't tell Marcy till the last moment.
0: So... (laughs) Well, you know, it's my schedule since, you know, it's wide open. Uh, since I have this 10-month-old and kindergartner and, and all my jobs that I juggle, it's it's fine. It's fine. Just, it's whatever. Huh. I figured. I figured we'd just roll with it. As <laughs> <laughs> Toonch,
1: you are 45 years old today. I am 45. Can you believe it? Now, somebody on Facebook said... Oh my God, I would have never guessed. I thought you were my age closer to 30. So I think she said 35, but
0: well, I don't look much?
1: 45. I don't feel 40. Now that's a lie. My
0: shoulder. I know. Uh, I know this shoulder, It. <laughs> the shoulder's the only thing though. Right. That, yeah. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, Toonch. Well, thank you. Like, thank you so much. <laughs> like right now, right this moment, it's your birthday. And- mm-hmm. Brittany told me, hey, she made it to 45. And I thought, well, <laughs> yeah, we God. we we both have made it to 45. And <laughs> I don't know how to take that.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Well, just maybe because Brittany, she's been out with me on the town before. So she's she may have meant like, God, I don't know how you've survived this long doing dumb shit.
0: And my wife did send you a shout out on uh, Facebook and it said something about uh, wish I was there to hang with you like we did the night before my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: have to look. Um, yeah, we would. Ooh, we'd sure be in trouble in Austin.
0: Yeah. We're not, no, we're just going to We're we're not probably going to go there ever. Mm. We're probably just going to keep you two separated. <laughs> <laughs> So tonight we are talking about prison commissary and and we'll throw in some jail commissary. Also, commissary is necessary. That's a big saying in prison and in Texas prisons for absolute certainty. Commissary is necessary. But before we do that. Let's do a weekly recap. Toonch, that was almost on time. I, I feel, feel like, like that was pretty perfect, though. Yeah, I'm getting better. Well, what about your week, Toonch? What's happened this week? Um, let me see. Well, you know, Marcy, it
1: feels like the the month of January had crammed the entire year of 2024 into it. <laughs> but so no, uh, here lately, I've been just at the at my desk, like meetings and, um, all the things like all the, the, what I call the unsexy things like answering emails and doing meetings, putting together, you know, sunset stuff and just all that kind of stuff. Now we did have a pretty long meeting about a re-entry project that we are, everybody wait for it and watch for it. It's going to, it's going to be a big thing. Um, so we, we did meet with that. And then guess what I did afterwards? I said, you know what? I'm going to follow the advice of my coach at Just Leadership, and I'm going to stop working and stop thinking about it. And I said, Lori, I'm coming over. Let's go out to eat. Nice. So I went to Lockhart, which is not a a thriving metropolis or anything, but it has a very nice little downtown. We had Mexican food. We went and had banana pudding. We had coffee. We played with her cat. We hung out. Somebody from prison called, Serena called, so we bullshitted with her and we just hung out like friends without any work stuff. So that yes. was very refreshing.
0: I love that so much. Good job for that. I, that separation of uh, work, like the work-home-life balance, when you work from home, that's really hard. And then when you add that you're passionate about your work, it's even harder because it's hard to stop thinking about it uh, because you are so passionate about it. It's, it's work that has a a mission that you care about. So good for you. I'm trying to think, I don't think other than we, we had some Linus meetings, lots of meetings uh, throughout the state. So that was exciting. Um, And I think other than that, I've been helping with the kids. I mean, you should just, like, I put the baby in the playpen and go on the front porch to record a video real quick and then hop back in here. And I mean, it's it's a balance for certain, but I think it's getting easier. We had the hundredth day of school today. So my our little kindergartner got dressed up. He has a little gray mustache and some bushy gray eyebrows on. And I'm wondering how long through the school day they're going to last. But uh, yeah, that's... That's really it. And then I'll just tell you, we have, you know, elementary schools now, they have their the app. There's apps. You have to download the apps to keep up with what's what. And the teachers, it's, it's very high tech, first of all. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, man, if I had just gotten out of prison, I would be completely overwhelmed because I'm slightly overwhelmed now. But it's, it's something all the time. Like they're selling chocolates this week. There's a spring dance that they need to buy tickets for. Um, and then they, they need to dress up like an old man for the 100th day of school. And it's just bam, bam, bam. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. How did I do this when my kids were young? I just, it's insane. That's an
1: overload. Like, I mean, I, I love, you know, that there's this, better way, faster, convenient way for them to communicate with parents, but my god, what an overload.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. It's and, and it goes to me and my wife's phones. And then so inevitably my wife will say, "Did you see such and such?" And I'm like, "Yes, I've already looked at that." Like, I don't need to hear it again. But yeah, that's our that's our life and maybe the the new normal for us. Um but we're, we're getting better about figuring out how to work around that. And we have an event coming up on Saturday that we definitely need to talk about. Um, Lioness is hosting an empowerment outreach event. You can see that on both of our social media pages, on the Lioness social media pages for details, but we're encouraging people to it's open mic, and so you can get up and tell a little bit about your story, a little bit about your history, post-prison, post, post prison, during prison, whatever. It's, it's your story, yours to tell, and I think it's going to be a really good time. So uh, I'm coming, and the kids will be with me, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm excited. So we will uh, see y'all Saturday for sure. Yeah. So it'll be
1: a good time and um the the event I'm going to this evening is the uh, it's in Austin it's the the acronym is RAP. I think it's Reentry Advocacy Project. I could be wrong. Um but it's associated with the Reentry Roundtable um and it is it's an open mic too and that's why I've got my I bought this shirt especially for it. Um <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> and it says something like only Bucky loves me or something. I don't know, but uh, kind of on the theme of Valentine's to just talk about, you know, the the love in your life and um, how you experience love and to just kind of an open mic and some some healing stuff afterwards. So going to support other community members um, doing their things. So it'll be cool.
0: Yes, I love it. I love it. Let's let's get into let's get into the show, into the meat of uh prison commissary, (laughs) the huge giant business that is jail and prison commissary.
1: You know, Marcy, I feel like there's three things on your mind all the time when you're incarcerated is visitation and the phone. I'll put that together. Mail and commissary, (laughs) right? Those are the the big ones, baby. Commissary is necessary. So, I think that's necessary in any prison, but, but tell people why it is so necessary in Texas.
0: I should have pulled that video that I did uh, dressed like a correctional officer, and I might, I might if I find it quickly enough. Uh, but it's just sh- highlighting exactly what Texas prisons give incarcerated people. And y'all, it's next to nothing. I need to tell you, you get deodorant one time. When you get there, that's it. And even then it's that little roll on antiperspirant. Uh, that does, it's really not a good deodorant. Um, yeah. You one time and then you don't get shampoo ever. ever. You never get shampoo. I, I mean, get, unless a
1: ministry donates it once a year, usually around Christmas.
0: Yes. Yes. Not. I should, I should have clarified, not from the state. Thank goodness that there are some ministries and there are two that we support that Linus members oversee, um, in their own, in their separate roles. Right. But, uh, yeah, we, we definitely got shampoo sometimes then. And like you said, it was once a year Mm -hmm. at Christmas, we got a bottle of shampoo that you, that you stretched out. you remember, (laughs) you remember First of all, you could use a tiny bit in there because the shampoo that you could purchase on commissary didn't lather up. Right. So you were used to washing your hair without all those bubbles and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And let me tell y'all this story real fast. I get to the halfway house after I've been locked up 10 years. I've been using commissary shampoo or... Every now and then the tiny little bit of suave that I would treat myself to use out of the bottle that we got that Christmas. And I hope I have a care package there from my kids' dad, and it's got shampoo and conditioner, like real stuff. And I'm like, yes, oh wow, you know, and, and it smelled so good. And I get in a shower, I'm so excited. I have a body wash and a shampoo and a conditioner, like name brand and beautiful smelling and all of this. And I get the shampoo anyways, I get to wash my hair and it just grows and grows and grows. The bubbles were everywhere because I did did not have a clue about how it was going to lather up. I had forgotten that shampoo even did that. <laughs> and you just were like, Bleh. <laughs> yes, I just, I just wanted it to smell good. I wanted it to like light the whole room up with that smell. I was so excited, and <laughs> um, uh, it was out of control for sure. But, anyways, yeah, um,
1: well, you're right. Like, the um,
0: well, we'll talk about
1: the quality of the products in, in a second, but yeah, so, T- so TDCJ, Texas Department of Criminal Justice, is not. You're not getting much. You're getting that little bitty lie piece of soap. There, You get seven pieces, supposed to, if you get that. A roll of toilet paper, a razor, some tooth powder, okay? It's like baking soda that you use to brush your teeth. A little bitty, tiny toothbrush and a black comb. And then if you're a woman, you get some pads and seven tampons. Sometimes 12 if you're at a good unit, but that's it. That is it. That's it. So, now, that's the hygiene part. The part about the chow hall, especially if you're at a bad unit that does not have good kitchen management, you are eating not very much. I know there's nutrition and and calorie count, but Marcy, we both know, you're leaving that chow hall hungry. If you've been working out in the fields or you've been working some real manual labor, you are hungry. I remember being 18-year-old and being so hungry at Lane Murray coming in from the fields that I would wake up in the middle of the night hungry, but I was young. I was much healthier, right? Like I, and I was burning all those calories and I was not eating enough in return and I would wake up hungry. Um, so you've got two things going on. You've got not enough hygiene products and not enough food. So guess what? Here's commissary is necessary. So you've got to be able, and you're not getting paid. You're not getting paid for your labor whatsoever. So you were completely dependent on people in the outside world to put money on your books, which we call your books. It's your account.
0: Yeah. I remember, um, first of all, let's say you eat lunch like at 11 and you eat dinner like at 4 PM. So at eight and 9 PM, And 9.30 p.m. and 10 and 11 p.m., (laughs) your stomach is growling, even if you haven't been working in the fields. That's a long time to go in between nothing in your stomach. But I remember a girl, one of my bunkies, she stayed on top of me at the Plain State unit, and she would get like at about 9.30 at night uh, when it was not like there you you didn't hit commissary every 2 weeks you were lucky every 3 or 4 and you emptied out you know and so anyway she had ketchup one time and she was just putting a little bit on her finger and oh, eating God. it and i was like what are you doing she said just just let me be i have to trick my stomach I have to trick it into thinking that I'm eating French fries or something. So just let me have this for a minute because my stomach hurts so bad because I'm hungry. And I, I just felt horrible for her. Uh,
1: Well, and, and let me tell you, Marcy, at the crane unit at Riverside, and this was this way when I was there a thousand years ago uh, when I was younger, um, it was that way right before I left this time. And Serena tells me, it's that way now is that they get called out for chow at 10 30 for lunch. And then they get called out for dinner chow at <gasps> two 30. I kid 30. you not, honey, I kid you not. That has been like that since I was 18 and we would try to grieve it. We would try to, you know, complain about it because now you are going from two thirty to three in the afternoon all the way till four in the morning without eating.
0: That's a, that's a trend. That's intermittent fasting. That's that's forced intermittent fasting.
1: Hey, let me tell you, when I went to Riverside, those two months that they moved me over there for a class that I did not sign up for. And I got moved back to Mountain View and it was in the heat, right? So it was in the summertime. I wasn't that hungry to begin with, but that there the access to the store was chaotic you know again i'm used to mountain view because they hold that as the jewel of the female experience and i just said on twitter today it is not it is a showcase it is to show the public look at this no that is not the way the rest of the experience and the units are so i'm used to getting access to the store frequently regularly consistently um even when the food wasn't great and we struggled with not having food or or hygiene items, you you still had access to the store. Riverside, it wasn't like that. It was absolute chaos. I lost, when I got back to Mountain View after two months, Alexa was like, oh my God, (laughs) you look like you, like I hadn't eaten. Like she was like, my she just broke her She was like, like almost to tears. And I was like, well, I don't look, I feel like I look the same. She's like, you do not. Like my eyes or something, my face was sunk in because I didn't have access consistently to food.
0: Wow. Wow. Uh, and for her to notice, that's really something. <laughs> that's really something. Well, You're because we supplement. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, we
1: supplement with the store which is the burden on our families to send us money for all this overpriced gas station food is essentially what it is.
0: I I found the video. I found the welcome, (laughs) the welcome video. Welcome to your new home. Every time you enter your cell, secure the door behind you. Don't pound or knock on the cell door. Don't yell out the mesh window. I have some supplies for you. Here's a towel roll. Inside your towel roll, you'll find some lye soap. This soap is for your hands, face, body, and hair. No, you don't get a washcloth. Feminine products, you get one package of pads every month and five or six tampons every month. Now I'm giving you two rolls of tissue this week. You get three rolls of tissue every two weeks. You understand, make this last, you're not getting any extra tissue. Plastic comb, plastic toothbrush, deodorant, and toothpaste. You only get these one time. And lastly, your razor. You can exchange this with laundry every two weeks for a fresh one. All right, get on in there. No, I don't have time for any more questions. Get on in there and close the door. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Honey.
1: Girl, sometimes when you do those officer videos, I feel panic in my chest because even your makeup and the way you tapped your nails and that tone, it, it, I am 18 years old getting that fucking towel roll and going in that cell. I just want you to know that it takes me to another place.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't mean for it to trigger, but it's, it was meant to be accurate. And it's it's so funny when I do those officer videos um, where I felt like I was just being the average, like to me, that's the average. And people are like, they're not that mean. Why is she so mean? I'm like, Oh, that's tame. That's That's just the one that's tired. (laughs) That's not even Right. No, that doesn't even touch on the mean ones. Are you serious? Um, but literally the, the items that are handed to, to you, that's, that's, it. that's what you get. So you can imagine, I I know ladies just think about what's in your bathroom right now that you use every day, uh, that you use once a week, even that's, it's, it's, you're, it's none of that that's gone. Uh, and, moisturizing that was a big <laughs> y'all I remember my first couple weeks before I made store I felt like my face was cracking I felt oh. like my skin was itchy because I'm a I'm a lotion girl you know and and just little things like that that you don't think about um, chapstick if you work outside you need sunscreen like these are this is, this is, it's real. You got to have it uh, and you can only get it through commissary.
1: Yeah. And these are like Marcy said, girl, what about Fresh? That's a prison uh, product and it's watered down shampoo. And, um, you know, I remember when I worked at AIDS Foundation Houston, we had a budget to buy hygiene stuff to give people in backpacks when they were coming out of the jail and so i went to the store me and my boss went to the store to target right like we're getting like the you know the the little economy size ones and all the the name brand stuff or whatever you know nothing like fancy but at least decent five vo5 or suave and you know that kind of stuff and so our manager marcy says no i don't want y'all to do that because we don't need to spend money like that because that's a whole nother discussion about the way they handle it. But she said, I want you to use this. This is what one of the homeless, uh, unhoused, uh, programs uses. And she sent me an Amerifresh, like (laughs) a website that sold Amerifresh products and other things. And I said, not no, but hell no. Um, you're not given recently released people's stuff i said they'll throw this in the trash she goes well if the, if they need shampoo and, and deodorant they won't i said oh yes ma'am they will i will go without before i ever use a product that that was a, a, a piece of trash product from the inside and so when she wanted me to order this stuff like let's use the amerifresh uh, Fresh bottle you remember it was a clear cylinder um very cheap what was it like a dollar a dollar ten right so those where like, um you know, when you buy them in bulk in unit, they each would and it was from a I don't remember where it was from, but it was like ten cents. it was like t- buying them in bulk was like ten to fifteen cents each yeah. right so the 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 amount of profit they were making on buying products that that they're buying wholesale at like a ninety
0: percent markup, yes, 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 yeah. And that's, that's prison. That's Texas prisons. If you want to talk about markup, you have to talk about county jail. Good. Yeah. That's, Man. that's worse. County jail commissary. Let me tell you the the markup is crazy. A ramen noodle in prison right now in Texas prison systems, I think is 35 cents. It was 30 when I left, but I think it went up to 35 now and but in the county, when I was in county, it was a dollar thirty, yeah, for one ramen, one ramen noodle. Yeah, that was so. Uh, but I I do have so in our county. Once you know that you are going to TDCJ, you get transferred to a different county jail that they contract with, and you're right. held there until TDCJ picks you up. But you don't get to take your property so you you have bought your hygiene's because county jail gives you less than what prison, <laughs> right. that prison video county jail you get less than that so yep. um anyways you you i had my hygiene's but i i've transferred to this other county jail and i don't have them and i know i'm only going to be there a month and but i get there and their suave shampoos were 525 at that transfer county and i remember just i mean in county jail i didn't hardly ask for commissary it was just i i just learned to kind of figure out how to just have my hygiene i didn't try to eat a bunch it was so high it was marked up so high and um even though they fed us terribly i slept all yeah. through county jail i wasn't burning a lot of calories no, you sure. know and um yeah, that, that shampoo and conditioner. And I just remember every, like someone would have it in the dorm and they, I, I get there and I'm like, Hey, does somebody have some shampoo I can use till we get to go to store? And they're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, girl. And finally one girl says, yeah, you, you can borrow some of mine. And I go to get the bottle and she opens it and pours a little, a little bit on my hand Yeah, <laughs> and I'm fully dressed. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you. You know, Like she's holding on to that stuff. It's like liquid gold in there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, those county jail prices were even worse. And they're, and you're right. They're not giving you anything. They're giving you a toothbrush, right? Like that's it. That's all you're getting. Like I, at, in my, in the county jail I was in, in Fort Bend, you had to buy your pads and tampons. So until I had money on my books, which it took, a couple of weeks and plus I was a whole thing we'll have to talk about one day. Um, You know, I've told y'all before I folded up a washcloth that someone gave me and I used that for my period and had to wash it out and dry it.
0: You know, Tunchi, we're getting letters from solitary confinement at Lane Murray telling us that those ladies are not getting their feminine hygienes and that they are using rags. Or one one girl said that they cut up a gown and passed it around, had folded up gown. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, and in, in the access that people have who are housed in ADSEG or in cell block and other custodies, their access to the store is even worse. And I, I worked in commissary for, oh gosh, four or five years at crane back in the day. And, um, it's, they only get to go to the store once and their spend is lower. And at the time it was $30, you know? And so you're trying to buy all of that, um, and it's to punish, right? But when, but when you're having to utilize commissary to provide for your own basic needs. And I remember when I, I got to prison this second time, I was like, what, in the, what am I gonna do? And, you know, and I told my brother and I told my best friend at the time, I said, look, I, please do what you can and please let it be consistent because life in here, there's, there's three things that make your life visible in here. Where you work, where you live, and if you go to the store, if those three things are bad, your life and exist there, existence there is absolutely miserable. Absolutely. You don't have anything to look forward to. I mean, even when my parents only sent me a little Marcy, they didn't know and I didn't want to tell them, right? Like they would only say, I, I lived off of $20 a month for several years when I first got to prison. Um, and then I won my lawsuit. But that little $20 for the whole month. I went to the store once a month. And so I bought my little hygiene stuff. And as a treat, I would get a Sprite and a rainbow pop (laughs) or a a cookie cone. And I lived for that. I looked forward to that. It was the only little snack that I ever got. And I ate in the chow hall every single meal. Um, And it was a hard existence. It was a hard existence in there not having access um, to the things on commissary, because, you know, not having hygiene stuff, but also not having food to, to, to celebrate or cook with, or, you know, nobody's inviting you if you're indigent. I'm sorry, but they're not, right? I mean, some people would be nice every once in a while, but if you're indigent, I mean, you can't contribute, so you don't...
0: Yeah, they want you to throw in. They want yeah. you to throw in. They don't want to uh, have the whole burden of wow. financial burden so and for you remember
1: sure. you remember how people would say oh girl she's just coming over here because she wants somebody to feed her yeah that yeah. I mean that would you knew the people that was like they were hungry all the time and you would be like dang like I understand I want to help but like this is my family's money and stuff like I want to do my part and I, I want to help but I, I mean I can I can't feed the whole dorm
0: yeah yeah I I am um, you know and you couldn't cook because when when I wasn't going to store because my family they all sent money sporadically when they could so there were plenty of times that there a store came around and I I wasn't going um but i either had a wash job i was washing somebody's clothes so i had a 10 dollar list here or um or I cooked for people. And so that was a big thing. Like, you, you, Hey, they'd say, Hey, let's get Marcy to cook. And they'd throw in and I got to eat, you know, I'm cooking for everybody, cooking a nice big meal. And I got to eat. So uh, bless your little heart. Cause I know you couldn't cook. You were hungry, baby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, especially when I had those first few years that were just, I, I, I didn't have tennis shoes because you have to buy tennis shoes right like that's another thing if you if you don't buy tennis shoes off a commissary you have to wear the state boots or the little state slip on canvas shoes that tear up and and me and marcy have talked before about like status and and there's a hierarchy there's a just like just like in high school right like it's a really nasty mean dangerous high school uh, for women for girls and So if you have state boots on and you don't have no undershirt, right? Like you look dusty, Dusty. right? You're a dusty and people know that you don't have money. You don't have support, you know, whereas the girls with the press sets and their clothes on and and, you know, (laughs) they've got their money and they've got their stuff going on and they're treated with more respect, little dusty girls are not treated with respect. And you know that, right? Because it's a social system. You're like, oh my God, like I don't want to be like ostracized and treated crazy um, because people would assume that you're going to start asking them for things, right?
0: And just that whole stereotype of, well, she she doesn't wash her own clothes. She must be dirty. Um, and then that didn't just come from incarcerated the incarcerated population because staff, and I think on a subconscious level staff thinks, Oh, well, their their family's not going to call and complain on me. And they right. get, um, people that don't go to commissary get picked on more by staff members because of that indigent, yeah. indigent incarcerated women get picked on by staff members more. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, commissary is necessary. So like you said, you got to get a hustle. If you don't have money, you start washing clothes, you cook, you um, draw, you do a service, uh, you steal from the kitchen, you bring stuff in, like you have a service that you provide that people will pay you. They'll pay you in commissary, they'll pay you in stamps, that's currency. And let's talk about this one, because I'm not going to lie, I had a girlfriend around that time that had plenty. And I liked her and we were together just because I liked her and she was hot and stuff, but she took care of me. Right. Mm-hmm. So that too is a hustle.
0: Love. <laughs> love.
1: <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. It. You love
0: like, if you keep my tummy full and my hair clean. Um, yeah. Buy me stuff and take care of me and all this. Yeah. There was a term that people, of course, trick, trick you know, tricking, oh, she's tricking her stuff off to so-and-so. Oh, she's, uh, you'd see girls in population sending, and, and that was me too, sending it to my wife when she was G4, <laughs> sending big, cute, full girl. We used to, we, let me tell you about the scams we ran to get commissary to her from population to, to medium custody dorm. I would load up a chain bag I'd load up a whole chain bag of commissary, and whoever was going out early in the morning, once property started running, whoever was going out, I'd take them out to the street and uh, hand it off to whatever G4. (laughs) And they'd walk in like they'd been to commissary. And then they'd be like, Brittany, I got a package for you from your wife. Brittany'd be like, send me everything that they, you know, sh- she'd write me, write a note and tell me every single thing you sent. Cause I know, I know this hoe took stuff from me. <laughs> but I'm like, well, even if she did, she hauled a whole commissary bag for right. you, you know, but those red chain bags. Yeah. Cause they're hungry. G4s, medium custody, closed custody. They're hungry. You talked about spend limits. Their spin limits are at that time was 30 bucks every two weeks mm-hmm. that that doesn't buy a whole lot of groceries y'all especially when you're talking about also feminine hygiene stuff also regular hygiene stuff I mean it, it doesn't go very far and not to mention writing supplies right
1: right so I mean because stamps would go up and up and up and if you're writing handwritten you know letters I mean, God, what is a stamp now? 60, 70
0: cents? I don't know. It's high. but uh, And sometimes those would come out of the spend, and then they'd change the policy, and they wouldn't for a little while, and we'd all celebrate, and then they'd come out of the spend again. And yeah, that was a whole mess. Now, Toonch, I already know we're not live at the moment, but I'm telling you right now, somebody in this chat has asked about how much money do you think someone incarcerated needs every month. I get that question all the time on my platforms. What do you think?
1: Honestly, I mean, especially the way the prices are now, I just, I just did Serena and e and it was easily $30 and it was not very much. It was basic, basic, basic hygiene. That, that, uh, Colombian bag of coffee, girl, that is over $4 now. Wow. And so I mean the the I would say to be comfortable $50 a week.
0: 50 a week? Yeah. I to be comfortable. If pushing would it
1: would be $40 a week.
0: $80. That's a that's almost a full spend. I think personally I felt like it's a little less you could get by with, but maybe not be as comfortable as you wanted, but still. Well,
1: do you mean just, just with hygiene? Because if you're talking hygiene and food.
0: Well, okay. So let's say we know $40 a week would be ideal, but then say someone's budget is not going to allow that. Would their loved ones, because I think you could spend fifty dollars a spend, which is a hundred dollars a month and and be okay because then you'll you would have your hygienes and you would have enough to throw in if there was some kind of celebration, and you would have some noodles in your box <laughs> to eat when you didn't want to go the chow hall. And that would be like the survival amount that you and then that you wouldn't have to do any illegal activity because y'all, all those hustles we talked about. They're against the rules, traffic and trading, paying someone to wash your clothes. All of that is completely against the rules.
1: Uh, Well, and I mean, I think I I think that I'm being pretty generous because, you know, me, I live like a monk and I lived that way in prison. I was very conservative with my money and what I bought. I lived a lot off of beans, noodles, rice. And coffee and peanut mm-hmm. butter, like staple things that would last a long time. So,
0: and coffee, y'all. I'm, it, it's, I know pe- people often ask me, like, why were you cared about coffee in there? Why did you want it? You know, but I'll tell you what, that having a hot cup cup of coffee. Of course, we drink coffee all day long in there, but and and out here <laughs> as it mm-hmm. turns out, but. That first cup in the morning when you're still kind of waking up and it's hot and when you're you you smell it, I mean it's the whole experience of a cup of coffee. It takes you to the free world for that little moment and even if even when i was broke and i didn't have sweetener and creamer and cappuccino to make a sexy cup even when it was just a john wayne cup of coffee that black coffee baby it still it still was so important to my mental health coffee helped my mental health i agree Like
1: y'all, I didn't even, so this second incarceration, the second 10 years um, is when I started drinking. I never drank coffee before my family grew up drinking coffee, you know, around the the table after church and all that stuff. Never, never had any thought of it. I drank Dr. Pepper, right? So, and which is far less healthy for you. But Marcy, I was trying to save money and I'm like, I can't, plus space in my box, I can't buy Dr. Pepper like this. Somebody said, well, if you want the caffeine, and I needed the caffeine, right. And she said, well, just drink coffee. And I was like, I've never had coffee. (laughs) And there is something about a cup of coffee in prison that you just, like you live for mail, you live for a cup of coffee. I don't, you, everybody that knows me now knows that wherever I'm at, what time of day, night, I have my comfort cup of coffee It's there. I don't know how to explain it. Watching TV in the day room, doing your letters, meditating. Uh, Halfway, when I would have to stay at the library, Marcy, there was one day, don't, but there was one day a week where I had to stay there the whole day. (laughs)
0: Okay, Bless your heart.
1: Bless my heart, right? (laughs) So that was our Thursday that we had two classes back to back that we had to do. And so we would sneak in Coffee, so that we could do coffee shots, and we looked forward to it all day long. So, like, I cannot imagine being incarcerated and not having. And then, when Serena calls me, says, I I don't have no more coffee. Can you? And so, I have to roast her, right? I'm like, Bitch, you don't ever run out of a bag
0: of coffee. No, no, you stock up. Yes, you stock up. If you are going to store consistently, you should have several bags in your box (laughs) at all times. And, and those, y'all, can we talk about the coffee hustle that people do? They, they will, now the coffee we're talking about, y'all, there's two brands, two different kinds. There's a cheaper one and a more expensive one. And every now and then they would have a special and throw in a a nicer, it'd be a nicer one, but the two ones that were consistent and they were One, both instant. One was like powder. (laughs) It was like just baby powder, that consistency. Uh, And it it was the cheap one. And it it might put some hair on your chest, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the other one uh, that was granules, but still instant. It was more expensive. Anyways, let me tell you, you would keep a cheaper bag to give out. Like if you, if I was doing well, doing well, making good store, had several hustles going on. So I'm, my box is full, consistently full. I'm going to keep some plantation coffee around to give out when people ask me for coffee. I'm sure here's some coffee, but there are folks that if you ask for coffee, they're going to say, yeah, I'll sell you a spoon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'll sell you a spoon. <laughs> I'll sell you a spoon. The cheap brand is one stamp a spoon. And the more expensive brand is two stamps a spoon for yeah. a cup of coffee. And and people did it. If, if people that were on restriction, uh, man, they, they did it often. Uh, that was a big hustle.
1: I mean, I can't in my box. <laughs> and again, I did. everybody that knew me, Marcy knows that I didn't keep stuff. I did not keep stuff. My box was never to where you had to hold it shut to lock. never. You just open it, you can hear a thing. Because I hate having things. I just am like that. But I'll tell you this, there were two rows of soap, and there were four bags of coffee, and two jars of peanut butter. Right? Like, always. And... The the allowed allotment of stamps, which was 30 at a time. And you never saw me without any of those items, ever.
0: Baby, every old school in Texas prisons has that in the back of their box, that (laughs) stack where you just line the whole back back of your box with those tiny little soaps that they sell on commissary. (laughs) And folks, why do we do that? Because guess what? They will run out commissary is going to run out of soap. I, they, have, they are going to run out of toothpaste. They are going to run out of deodorant. I, we have been through that enough times to know we have to have not only what we're using now, but a backup. Uh, yes. And a, a lot of folks get out of prison and that's something that they do <laughs> is still kind of hoard hygiene items. And I'm like, hey, HEB is right up the road. We don't have to have five deodorants in the cabinet.
1: Marcy, when I got out of prison after the first 10 years, and my girlfriend, her name was Gina. If she's watching, hello, Gina. We're finally talking again. So that's nice. Um, so, Hi, Gina. <laughs> so we were living in Houston, right? And we had our apartment, and she. She she walks in and I've got a notepad and a pen and I'm writing stuff down. I'm looking in the cabinets and she goes, Honey, what are you doing? I said, I'm making a list for the grocery store. And she was like, Okay, we have shampoo. I said, I know, but we only we only have a half a bottle. So I'm gonna get two more, and then I've got two more of this. And she was like, Jennifer. The HEB is literally across the street and the Walmart is next door. There's not going to be a shortage of shampoo in Houston. (laughs) Right. And I was like, oh, oh my (laughs) gosh. Like, God bless. Now, do I still kind of do that? I do that with coffee still. You've seen my apartment. You've opened my fridge. There's nothing in there.
0: Yeah, you absolutely don't do it with food. I know if I'm staying with you, I have to go grocery shopping on the way. (laughs) But guess what?
1: There's theres two things of coffee in that cabinet.
0: Are there sugar cubes?
1: Yes, I put your sugar in a Ziploc bag. And okay. I told Marcy one day, I said, guess what? Your sugar that you bought is still here. I didn't throw it away. She goes, why would you?
0: It's mine. Yeah, that's right. I drink my coffee with sugar and you don't keep sugar in your house.
1: <laughs> well, it's there. Um, and it's, it's sealed up. So, so little mice can't come in and get it, but it, you know, I don't hoard stuff like I used to. I, I did, I am a a very mentalist person, but I would hoard food and hygiene stuff. Now I kind of like almost am the opposite of that is that like it, hoarding triggers me, I guess, to like that, that scarcity, that, that, Oh, my God, there's not going to be. Any. I remember one time there was a whole year that we did not have deodorant.
0: Yeah, that deodorant was uh, I, 2011 because it was like my first year at Lane Murray. There was no mm-hmm. deodorant. That's correct. Nobody, like none. I mean, none. There wasn't and during COVID, deodorant. The girls
1: mm-hmm. didn't have toothpaste for a long time either.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been through all of that. Uh, and we cannot not talk about, if we're talking about commissary, we have to talk about the folks in prison that run their own store. <laughs> it's the after commissary store. <laughs> and those folks would load their boxes and rent out other people's boxes. And when I say box, I mean the compartment that is welded onto the bottom of a bunk in Texas prisons where Texas incarcerated folks would keep their stuff. Uh, And if you had space in your box and you didn't go to store, you could move all your stuff to one side and rent half of your box out (laughs) to people that had an abundance of stuff. And you'd be like, yeah, for $5 a spend, you can use half of my box. And then you'd make- Yeah, tell me. Marcy, how right. often did you see people,
1: look, this way? I tell me if y'all did this at Lake Murray because I almost said these hoes, but I'm just talking prison slang. Girl, <laughs> I remember this, and I, I saw it so many times, this girl would say, you can rent my box, she's indigent. So they pack this girls, but you know, one of them girls that has a trick that's putting $500 on her books every two weeks, and she's just spending money on the, and just shit, right? She packs her box full. We come back from somewhere. This girl has filed an OPI, which is an investigation, packed up the stuff and got moved to ADSEC, and then ends up in another dorm, so she just kept the stuff. Like you can't tell nobody, right? Because you're not supposed to be putting your stuff in somebody's box. And they would do this all the time. Now, did they do that at Lane Murray?
0: I don't think that I saw that very often. I I, I don't know. I do know. I remember when a, and I'm just going to say her name, Deja Michelle, <laughs> who is a Linus member, who I did time <laughs> with on Lane Murray. One time she had somebody going to the store for her. Um For extra, so so her people put money on somebody's books, and they went to the store, and then Deja ended up going to medium custody before the store day. So that person had went to store and had all the stuff, but I'll tell you what, you didn't really, you didn't really want Deja mad at you because she (laughs) she was about that life, and that's some more prison slang, maybe. But she, I remember being at the chapel and there the transfer of commissary items happening and Deja had stuff in under her arms, in the front of her bra, in the back of her bra, in the in her panties, in her socks. And we're leaving the chapel, and as we're leaving, a package of chicken oh, is just falling out the bottom of her <laughs> pant leg. And she we we can't get stopped, you know what I mean? And and she's like, "Oh my gosh, Marcy, this stuff's falling out." I said, "Baby, you better just keep walking." You better just pretend like it's not happening. And, you know, and we luckily we all around her knew because there was always going to be that one girl that was going to be like, what's this chicken doing on the ground? in the officer that one girl. come over to <laughs> check it out. But luckily we were. But yeah, that's that that kind of stuff did happen for sure. But not so much. I don't think that was a legit hustle. That was a legit. Hey, if I didn't go to store and I needed. a little bit, I could rent my box and that worked out. So.
1: Well, let me tell you when I was a kid and I was 18, remember I only had $20 a month, right? My neighbor, and this is how I, I was naive girl. I mean, surviving all the shit at the Texas youth commission was different. It wasn't stuff like this. It was like real, like it just wasn't, we weren't like that with each other. But I get to prison and I'm like naive and dumb, right? And so this girl says, hey, my girlfriend will put $50 on your books and you can keep 25 of it and I'll get 25 of it. And I was like, oh, okay. It made sense to me. And I was like, oh, wow, I would have an extra $25 made sense. And the girl said, yes. And this was way back in the day, Marcy. So there was no telephones. There was no emails. Everything was snail mail. So I just had to believe the girl that it was, it was there. So mm-hmm. I've did the list. And of course, what do you do when you owe somebody? You put their stuff first and then you do your list, right? You remember them times if, if you were washing for people and they're like, oh, they didn't give me this bitch that my stuff should have been the first thing on your list. Right. Mm-hmm. So I did the list. It was her stuff. And then it was mine. I'm up there at the window getting do do, 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 do. And they, they're like, and then they marked off the rest. And then they gave me the receipt and I'm like, and it was my $20. Oh, it was my little $20. Oh, and the stuff that she got, like I, I couldn't use, right? Like the hair products and the, you know, the different things that she ate, you know, I don't eat that. I don't use that stuff. And I was so upset. I just gave it to her. I just gave it to her and said, it wasn't there. I don't know, but here. And she was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Or whatever. And the girl was like, I don't know what happened. That money should have been there. And uh, I'll make sure you get paid back and da, da, da. But I learned a very terrible lesson, right? A very hard lesson. Um, and I didn't tell nobody, but later that night, I just, because I wouldn't get no more money for another month. And I just pulled my little sheet up and I just cried. <laughs> I just
0: cried. Oh, cheap. Oh. I was 18. Girl, I was hungry and, and I felt stupid. you gave her that stuff. You could have traded some stuff around. I didn't even it's know cool. to do that. I didn't I'm, even know to I'm do that. I met that lady. What's her name? Let's look her up. <laughs> her name is Lisa Aduku. Aduku? Well, yep. golly. Yeah,
1: so if she's watching, and who knows? Maybe she was lied to by her girlfriend. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I know that, that I got hustled out of my little twenty dollars that I only got once a month. So I get real skittish and weird about about money sometimes because of the ways that people manipulated me when I was a kid when I first got to the system, and I didn't have very much. Mm-hmm. And then I would watch other people manipulate people out of stuff all the time. So I just, I'm very, I'm a very giving person, but I, I am a very suspicious person for all the hustling and lying and, you know, survival skills essentially is what they are, but it it makes me very skittish and suspicious.
0: And that happens. We, we didn't, we're almost at our hour. We didn't talk about. The ways extortion happens around mm. commissary uh, and that kind of thing, and and I meant to bring up about how the Priya videos show like this little—it's always just like this stereotypical little nerdy a uh, guy going into prison and going to his bunk and there's a Snickers bar on his bunk <laughs> and he picks it up and he's like, Oh, somebody gave me a candy bar. And then this stereotypical convict, big old guy comes barreling in. You, you took, you ate that Snickers bar. You owe me a favor. <laughs> kind of thing. Like, and it just, it just didn't work. It wasn't like that. Like Toonch, you said you were a very giving person. Uh, we, we, I always kept noodles that I could throw at someone. If And I mean literally sometimes throw across the dorm. I don't mean throw at someone, but uh, that I could give someone if they were hungry. Um, and yeah, I also wanted to talk about... How you could tell your friend, did y'all do this on on Mountain View, how you could tell your friend in a completely different dorm, uh, even send her a message like, hey, uh, tell Angelica I'm hungry. Tell Angelica I said I love her. Oh, you're in K1 Alpha? Tell Angelica I said, Marcy said I love her. I love her and I'm hungry. And that meant, Angelica, you need to cook a meal and send it to me. It didn't mean I needed fed right then. It meant right. in the next week. I need you to cook and send me something to eat. I need you to cook for me. I want you to cook for me. And that's how we showed love and affection for our friends. Had to do a lot around food and commissary. Uh, was right. cooking a meal for someone or or a cake or I mean, I remember even like making a really nice cup of coffee. They used to sell cappuccino packets individually and you could get like four spoons out of that. So I would take half of that cappuccino and put it in my morning coffee. And then I would add a spoon of coffee and add a sweetener and add a spoon of creamer and roll it up. And then you had a cup of coffee and then I'd write a note to my friend or whatever, you know, and be like, here's the sexy cup of coffee for you. Love you. Thinking about you. And it's just something that we we were able to you know, out here we can send an email or get on social media and say something sweet or send memes and all of this kind of thing. But in there, that that's how we showed. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, just thinking about that too, today being my birthday, if, you know, everybody went to the store and bought stuff and put it on my bed or wrap it up or You know, somebody sent me a cookie cake that they made, or we all got together. And um, my favorite thing on my birthday, Ray always says, What do you want on your birthday? Um, I want tamales. (laughs) Oh, Jennifer wants the hardest thing to make, the crushing of the all that. Of course she does. And I said, And I would tell them, I would tell Alexa and them, Okay, but I don't want, and Melinda, and I can't wait for you all to meet Melinda. Um, okay. I don't just want tamales. I want tamales and I want rice and I want beans. I want the whole thing. And then I want a cake. (laughs) So a cold Dr. Pepper, we, we decide what not we're going to do it on, on the weekend. And we sit up and watch movies and have this huge thing. Um, and if, if you don't have access to commissary, you can't do those things. You can't share in that and you can't do those things.
0: Yeah, commissary is necessary for survival, for hygienes, for food, and for community. All of those things uh, are are all based around commissary. Toonch, any final thoughts? Because we're literally at our last minute.
1: No, actually. Can you believe it? I'm, my shoulder's starting to hurt, and I'm probably looking kind of run down that physical therapy ain't made it very angry. So I'm probably going to rest before the event tonight.
0: <laughs> Tune, Chappie, happy birthday. And I oh, forgot well, because it is your birthday and we were just talking about that i forgot to tell folks to make sure y'all are liking the video sharing the live commenting all of that good stuff i'll be in the comment section with y'all while you're watching Uh, and if you're listening wherever you hear your favorite podcasts please do leave us a review we love you so much and we will be back next week same time same place wednesday night 7 p.m and we will see you then for hanging out with us on the Rec Yard Women's Prison podcast with Marcy Marie and T. Make sure and subscribe to our channels so you'll never miss a
1: rec night.